Pants, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast, NBA podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. Got a good one today, a very entertaining discussion. The full episode with Chuck and John. It will be out later in the week, probably Wednesday morning, because I am leaving town. I'll be out of town for a bit. So we're going to get that up for you on Wednesday morning, covering the very, very boring second round of the NBA playoffs. Before we get to the interview, just a reminder, the best way to support our show is to go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. There, you can join the other intrepid souls who have financially pledged a monthly amount to keep our show going. And the most popular item is to join the Slack chat where we talk about basketball around the clock. We were recently trying to assign NBA players to each other based on our Twitter personas. That was pretty fun. So if you were a big listener or if you've liked the show for a while and you want to get more interaction with us the way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash fast break breakfast my guest today is an nba writer for fan rag sports he also appears regularly on espn's the basketball analogy podcast formerly known as true hoop r.i.p there He's also a bad movie aficionado, Mr. Zach Harper. Zach, how's it going? It's great. Uh, we've we've joked about what the the A in the basketball analogy podcast is so much that it's a surprise to hear the basketball analogy because I'm I'm used to hearing the apology, uh, the aggregation, all those things. So so it just it still sounds weird. The aphorism, the asphyxiation. The aphorism, yeah. that's good. Yeah, asphyxiation that can get into some problematic wording. Um, just, I've, I've made a lot of auto Porter erotic asphyxiation tweet jokes in my life. And so, right. It's hard. Not that's always a weird one for people. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard. I mean, that's just a natural go-to, right? Yeah. What's it like? I mean, before we get into your breakfast and your basketball opinions, what is it? What's it been like as you, someone on the true who podcast with that going away and then like the outcry and now it's, it's coming back. It's been, it's been really cool. Um, I, you know, it, it's a sort of like kind of the second time in the past year that it's happened because when I left CBS, I, I didn't have a podcast anymore. Um, and some people were, were very nice and, you know, kind of saying that they miss me or that they, you know, were excited to hear me on whatever next podcast. And then, um, and then the true pod, or I guess the basketball analogy pod now is so much bigger than that. Um, that it's it, like you hear, you get more of an outcry and you had people, you know, tweeting the higher ups at ESPN, you had people, you know, dedicating, um, you know, just entire blog posts to what they missed about it. You had people reporting on the podcast. Like it was, it was just this, uh, kind of surreal moment where you think like, I mean, you're always just kind of talking into the void, right. And just like, Hey, I hope someone laughs at this or I hope someone likes this. Uh, but to hear and see so many people come out and say it, like, it's, it's just a really cool feeling. Like Jade Hoy has just built something awesome there. Yeah. And this is like, you guys get to keep the old history and banners that True Hoop has accrued. This isn't a, a starting a franchise new. Like you, you guys are the Hornets in Charlotte. No, the, yeah, 
Yeah, like we're the Hornets in Charlotte. I think we're kind of the Thunder, where we technically own the Supersonics names, uh, <laughs> yeah. but we're not uh, we're not throwing up that in the hit, you know, in the media guide so so much. So uh, right. yeah, I don't really know what happens there. I think if someone started like a True Hoop Pod but added a third O, they would probably steal <laughs> a lot of that. Uh, well, I was about to say a lot of that Thunder and didn't mean that as a pun, but now I do. Yeah, yeah, you should have just gone with it. Just just flown with it. All right, well, we, we start our shows talking about breakfast and asking our guests what they eat for breakfast. Have you had breakfast today? Uh, I had a coffee. I had a latte, um, which counted as my breakfast today. I actually, this is more information than anybody needs, but I took my car in uh, to get repaired uh, this morning after I got a coffee and I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to afford breakfast from here on out. But previously I would cycle between like a bagel or eggs and bacon or, yeah, I used to eat cereal, but I don't eat cereal anymore cause I'm trying to avoid being fat. So, you know, just that, those <laughs> were like the, the staples. Yeah. What's your, do you have a treat? Do you have like a specialty? This is your best case scenario breakfast. Oh, uh, chicken and waffles for sure. Oh yeah, um, which can be a meal at any time. It doesn't just have to be breakfast. But yeah, you give me a place with with solid chicken and waffles. I just had it somewhere. Where was I? Uh, I was in an L.A. I don't know why I'm asking you. You wouldn't know that. Uh, I was in L.A. <laughs> I think, and I had I had chicken and waffles there at some place, and it was just phenomenal. And I realized, like, all right, you know, maybe I want to be like super fat, and and it would be worth it if I just ate this all the time. Yeah, you, there's always that trade-off of esteem versus happiness and how are they interrelated. Like, I just enjoy eating this plate of food. That's good, too. Who knows? I, yeah, <laughs> like, sometimes just eating is your love, right? Like, I've got a girlfriend. She's great, and, uh, you know, she I, allegedly loves me the way I am. But, you know, if I got super fat eating chicken and waffles every day and she decided to leave, like, I'd still have chicken and waffles. That's true. I'm I'm married. Who am I trying to impress? The um right exactly you should be you should <laughs> sweatpants all the time and just like eat whatever you want. Uh, I'm actually I'm actually pushing that pretty close to the red line. I don't I don't I, I might need to switch okay. up <laughs> at, at least maybe the clothes I wear on a day to day basis. Uh, anyway, um, I would say also uh, we're Nashville based. I live in Nashville. The chicken and waffles thing is big here. Also, the hot chicken and waffles is oh, kind of yeah. is kind of taken off. I don't know if you've yeah. ever had that, but we've uh, we've made our stamp on the universe. Yeah, I've had the hot chicken and waffles before, and that's definitely a, a better way to go. I love me some spicy food, so um, you guys, I feel like Tennessee just knows food. It's pretty good. Well, it's because a lot of our population wears sweatpants, so we... Uh, right, yeah. exactly. So that's <laughs> we, the way to go. We know what to eat. All right, well, looking at the uh, the playoffs, which I'm a little... I've been talking on our show. I'm a little bored. My favorite part of the NBA season is maybe the first month and or free agency, uh, how how are you managing with these second round series where we haven't really had outside of that one Wizards Celtics game haven't really had any close games? Yeah, so I was uh, so I live in Salt Lake City and um, and I was covering Clippers Jazz in the first round and so I was super into it uh, because it was like a fun series. It, you know, you had a bunch of injuries or whatever, but uh, the games were relatively co- close. You had Joe Johnson playing extremely well. It went to a game seven in L.A. Jazz won on, you know, on the road. And now it's all these questions for the Clippers. And so I was like, man, these playoffs are great. Like, I'm really enjoying this. And now I'm covering Jazz Warriors. And that one hasn't been as fun because <laughs> it is not only inevitable, but it's about to be a sweep tonight. Um, and 
and it, and now I'm like, oh yeah, I get why some people are are pretty bored with these playoffs because all all this other stuff is happening. So I feel like the excitement has definitely gone down. I'm into the Celtics and Wizards hating each other. That's been really fun. I don't know what to make of like. I think the Rockets Spurs series is entertaining, but it's also like a, you know the most boring two two of all time right now. So I don't know. I don't know where. I'm just hoping like. Like I think it would be cool. It would probably be boring for the next couple of weeks, but I think it would be cool if the Warriors swept the conference finals and the Cavs swept the conference finals, and then we had the you know the three-peat rematch of of these two teams, both undefeated, going into the finals. Like maybe that adds like a little bit extra juice for what we already expect to happen. I agree. I'm definitely hoping for the the faux 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 on each side, like like coming in, and and I, I'm one of those who. I feel like when I started the playoffs, I was telling people like who I was cheering for the most. And I'm like, I'm kind of pulling for the Raptors and I'm kind of pulling for the jazz. But once these series have started, I've actually switched into no, no, I want the warriors to kill them. I want the Cavs to kill them. I want right. this, I want this super like whatever superpower showdown to have n- no one slowing us down. Like we're all racing to this big final event, like super boss battle. Um, I, I that, that, I think, is what I'm finding most entertaining. I'm curious, looking at those series, that series you're covering, Jazz Warriors and the other, I guess, arguably good series, even though the games haven't been close, the Spurs Rockets. To me, I'm, I'm looking at these. Is this playing out the analytics debate, the three versus two debate, like the, the math problems? And do, do you think this is just showing what we're going to be seeing more and more in the NBA in the future, where it is literally all going to be just shooting three pointers. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's all, it's going to be all that because I think you look at the Rockets and you look at the Warriors and those two teams also attack the paint a ton. Uh, You know, they use the three point line to set up the interior and they use the interior to set up the three point line. And so I think you'll see like a, a symbiotic relationship between the two Um, moving forward. I just think like you'll see teams that don't really shoot threes and they will just look like dinosaurs, like just like absolute dinosaurs, because it's a like it's just dumb. Like I'm not that good at math, but I know three is more than two, and so like there's there's a certain point where um, it just becomes obvious of why. Like I know he's good, but why is Demar Derozan taking twenty foot jumpers when he should be taking twenty three foot jumpers or just attacking the basket at all times? Like it, to play this mid range game. There's going to be a certain point where we're like, hey, maybe the mid-range jumper is is underrated because, you know, this guy's really good at it and that guy's really good at it. Like, Carl Anthony Towns is an amazing mid-range jump shooter. LaMarcus Aldridge is an amazing mid-range jump shooter. DeMar DeRozan, you know, Kawhi Leonard. Like, all those guys are amazing mid-range jump shooters. But if you can't also add a three-point shot, um, you're just going to be – I don't know. You're just It's just an uphill battle because if you're not shooting threes – the other team hits a three on you. You need two possessions to make up for that that one three given up. Like it's just it's just weird. And and so I think that if anything, the to make this long winded answer shorter, <laughs> if anything, we're going to get to a point where it's not going to be about are are these teams shooting enough threes. It's going to be is this team playing fast enough? Like I think that's where we'll see. Is like you see the Jazz versus Warriors. The Jazz have actually I think outshot them from three in the series or they've matched them through three games. So like they're, they're doing a good job at the three point line. It's just a matter of is playing fast against this team or playing slow against this team. Is that the best way to go? Right. And you mentioned the, maybe we're going to get to the mid range is underrated moment. I feel like we kind of had some of that 
last year regular season, like the immediately uh, the immediate um, reaction to the Warriors the year before, where the Spurs were winning all these games in the regular season with the Marcus Aldridge, and it was kind of like they're taking advantage of this f- these free points in the mid range. But then obviously that didn't turn out well as they got kind of taken apart by the Thunder in the playoffs. Right. And then this year, part of it when I'm watching the Jazz play, when it is that two versus three, I- I'm a Grizzlies fan, and I imagine like the Jazz are maybe being a proxy for the Grizzlies against the Warriors. Like I'm getting my closure on, on my Grizzlies season. Like, right. Oh, like we might've had a chance to beat the Spurs, but watching like the jazz play the Warriors where I feel like, Hey, the jazz are executing really well. Like they, they fed it down low. The Warriors have no answer for Gobert. He dunked it. And then the Warriors just hit another three and they're losing by a lot, you know? So uh, at least the jazz right. in, in their sweep are giving me some closure as a team that is perhaps on the dinosaur scale of the NBA of not being very good at shooting threes. Speaking of dinosaurs, that wasn't even planned. Uh, the Raptors are a team broken. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember ever hearing a team. And I don't know what the exact analogy is outside of sports. Uh, ever hearing a team saying, yeah, we lost because they have the best player. And what in the world were we going to do? It's like I don't know if it's at worth the go kart. Right. Tr- if worth the go kart track, and you're like, yeah, we lost, but you have the faster go kart, and what's even the point of racing? Right. It's like there becomes this real existential crisis, right? Like it's not even it's not even that like the Raptors are are doubting themselves as competitive. They know they're a good team. Like they're obviously a good team. They're just like they're at this point where they're like, eh, nothing matters. We're all gonna die. Like <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. there's nothing. There's nothing. Like nothing's gonna work. Like I feel like. I feel like it's people who are still rocking zunes. Like the zune probably works. It's probably <laughs> fine for like playing MP3s if we're still I don't even know if that's still a file we use. But like if you use an MP3 player and you rock in the zune, like it probably works. It probably holds a bunch of songs. It have probably has albums you really like, but everyone else is using an iPhone or iPod or whatever and you're just looking at this like man, like I, like if this could if this zune could just be a phone. <laughs> How great would my life be? But it can't be a phone because it doesn't have any cellular technology. But, I, man, I'm going to stick with this. Like, that feels like the Raptors right now. How, how often do you think Steve Ballmer at Clippers games is like, man, if my Zoom could just answer calls. Man. I, I, I feel like he's always thinking, and that's why he's so amped up, because he loves the idea of it. He's like, man, I, like, I'm going to figure out this Zoom cell phone thing someday. And yeah, like my 18 billion is going to become 36 billion. Like I'm going to double my <laughs> net worth and, and Oh cool. Chris Paul just hit a shot. I'm so amped up on this zoom idea that I, like my arms are just, I can't control them. <laughs> I got a zoom. I was given a zoom. Uh, I stood in line more accurately. I stood in line to get a free zoom. And then I took it to Best Buy, traded it in for a PlayStation two. It was perfect. What was one of my, what, what am I better? That's a great move. Yeah, it was one of the better days of 2004 or whatever whatever year that was. But it right. was uh, <laughs> it was yeah, back I, when you could walk. Anyone's a- Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I don't think anyone's actually ever purchased a Zune. I think they have all <laughs> been given away. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. some way. And so maybe you keep it, or maybe you, like just trade up. Like that just seems like that seems like some really like high level Oregon Trail stuff where you're just you're bartering <laughs> at, a, at an extremely high level. Yeah, that that was back in the day when you walk, you could walk into any big box store and trade in merchandise you had for their merchandise. I tried that with an iPad. Comcast mailed me an an iPad last year when I criticized them online. It was weird, uh, and I took I tried to take that to Best Buy to trade it in. They they don't do that anymore apparently. 
So I just sell it on the internet. That's incredible. Like, I can't believe Comcast sent you that. Like, all they've ever sent people I know is just a picture of a middle finger. It was bizarre. That's all they've ever done. (laughs) They don't actually send that device. Actually, no, I'm, I'm telling it wrong. I said on Twitter, I tweeted, hey, Comcast users, by the way, League Pass is now working. It was like three days before the season started, and they hadn't activated League Pass, you know, to watch preseason. And I tweeted something like, Comcast users, League Pass is now on. And then Comcast slid into my DMs and said, hey, uh, do you have a mailing address? We want to send you something. And they mailed me an iPad. And I don't know if the goal was to That's make, incredible. to me, retweet something good about Comcast, like as like a viral thing. Like, I, I, I spelled it out. I'm like, Comcast is a garbage company. And also, they just sent me an iPad because I said something not terrible <laughs> about them. <laughs> but I don't even have Comcast. I'm just going to start talking crap about them. Like, I don't know. Just, like, I maybe feel like that's the way to go. Maybe it was the first time they looked at their ads and it wasn't negative. It was just neutral. It was just an announcement. Like, hey, guys, this thing is on Comcast right now. And they were like, we right, need to... Like, <laughs> this is the nicest customer we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hey, so the analytics thing, one of the things about everyone not shooting long twos, you, you see the guys on the Rockets getting, you know, avoiding mid-range shots like the plague. I'm curious, you have a noted love of chuckers, of guys who have extreme confidence and just let it fly. Do you think that this focus on analytics and getting either at the the rim shots and three-pointers has reduced the chuckers that we see in the NBA? I think it has. Like, it's because everything used to become like, hey, iso ball, you know, one, four flat, go run that guy, go get a shot. And... And it, you know, people call it hero ball or whatever. And it became like just this bad thing. Like, right. Like, why isn't anyone running a play at the end of the game? It's like, well, cause they don't want to turn the ball over. Like if you run a play, like your odds of you turning the ball over are much higher than you just, you know, taking four dribbles and, and pulling up for a jumper. Um, and so I think like that kind of stuff did make us realize like, Hey, maybe Jamal Crawford isn't that good. Or maybe Nick young doesn't have that much potential or Hey, Lou Williams has to be in a very special situation to, um, to really be valuable. But now I kind of feel like we've gone, we've gone a little far on the analytics and I'm a big proponent of analytics. So I don't like, I'm not like, Oh, these nerds are ruining basketball. Like, no, we've made like, they've made basketball so much better and so much smarter and, and I think it's a, I think it's a good thing, but there is a certain point where it's like, man, this is still entertainment. And I don't know, like watching Jamal Crawford dribble around in a fancy way and, you know, look like a cartoon and then, and then fire up a jumper and, and this high arcing rainbow shot and it drops in and all he wants to do is shoot the ball. Like I don't need him passing. I don't mm-hmm. need him, you know, trying to create for this. Like I certain point, like I just want to see an and one mixtape breakout and I want to, you know, I want to see everyone go. AO or skip to my Lou or the professor or whatever. And, um, I actually, no, I don't like the professor, but all the other ones, like, let's like, let's make that a fun thing. And, and so I kind of, you know, I kind of switch between like, this is really smart basketball and man, that was fun. Like that. I just want to see this guy get embarrassed and get a shot off and, and have it beat the buzzer and boom. Now this is like childhood basketball again. And that's, that's what you want to see. Is Dion waiters, the current standard bearer for, irrational chuckers in the league or is there somebody else? Ooh, yeah, it probably, I mean, I still feel like Nick young is up there. Um, Mm -hmm. but he, I don't like that. He embraced defense so much to keep a job this year. Like that's, (laughs) that's disheartening to me. Um, you're not into the better basketball, but the self-preservation of it. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that he's still around. So like, I, I, I prefer 
some Nick Young as opposed to no Nick Young. But um, I think I wrote something a couple years ago where I was like, Nick Young is the perfect gunner. And here's why. <laughs> and it was like the, all this stuff of like, he doesn't pass the ball. Like he has zero, like he averaged like maybe an assistant game. And he also averages maybe a turnover a game because all he does is shoot the ball. Like, it, like that's it. Like he's, there's nothing that is going to create a, something other than a shot. And so I do think there's value in, in shot creation for, for just an individual, like not even setting others up. But I, I feel like because you cut on the cut down on the turnovers in that way, like you're, you're always guaranteeing a chance at points. And I think that matters because you could, you know, your team could always get the rebound and, you know, tip it in or whatever, you know, kick out for a three or whatever. Um, so I do, I do like that aspect of it, but, um, but yeah, like Nick Young all of a sudden was like, all right, I'm going to play defense. Cause otherwise I don't get to be on the Lakers anymore. And Dion waiters just like saw this opening and drove right into it. It was like, I am the Supreme gunner. Now he's like hitting game winners. He's making this horrible Miami team actually relevant. Like they had no business approaching the playoffs last year. Like they were more that 11 and 30 team than they were the one that just missed the playoffs, but he made them. So great. And he does the thing that all gunners need to do, which is he constantly calls for the ball. He may call for the ball when he has it. Like just like, a, all right, I, I'm going to pass it here, but you have to pass it right back to me. Like I kind of feel like he embodies that. So Dion Waiters is definitely the standard. Yeah, Dion Waiters, well, actually, before we close the book on Nick Young, I'm kind of hoping he gets the most improved player votes. I feel like that's been under the radar, but I felt like we were close last offseason to talking about, like, will the, will the Lakers waive Nick Young? Or, like, will he even be on the roster? Right. So he, so he became a competent player. So I, 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 hope, I hope people reward him. The media gives him maybe a, a third place most improved vote. If they even, I don't know, if they have to rank the most improved players. Anyway, uh, Dion Waiters... Like he did lead this Miami Heat team, and uh, I like to hear people reaffirm opinions that I hold. I saw you picked uh, James sure. jo- James Johnson for Sixth Man of the Year. Why did uh wh- why did he get your vote? I just thought he was the best all around six man. Like I I probably discounted Andre Iguodala a little too much in that that whole race um, because probably because I'm a little used to him at this point in that role. But to me, like James Johnson one of the best defenders in the league, a great playmaker for others, shot the ball decently, attacked well. Uh, and I think that you take him out of that, that heat rotation and they're, they're just a mess. Like they just, you know, they needed him so, so much to, to really like extract every ounce of competency out of that second unit. And then they would stagger him with the starters and he would excel in that role. And I just thought that, um, for the, for the all around package, I'm fine. And I'm, I'm fine with just like, Hey, that guy scored the most points off the bench. Give it to him. Like, I, cause that reaffirms the whole gunner thing for me. But, uh, but with James, James Johnson, like, I just felt like, I just felt like he was the best bench player I saw this year. That's perfect. I just want I just wanted to get that on the record for our show. I, I'm extremely biased. I'm a big James Johnson fan. So my James Johnson for six man pick was, was treated with some skepticism. So I, I, I just wanted to get a, you know, you're a national writer. So getting a national writer to, to back up my opinion. That's all that was. Um, Deion Waiters, one of the things that's fun about him and other Chuckers is their celebration. Like, their, their legend grows with the, the holding the pose after hitting the shot to beat the Warriors. And, and the opposite of that for me and for a lot of people is Kawhi Leonard. I kind of feel like if Kawhi Leonard had the theatrics of some of these other players the entire narrative surrounding him would be totally different. I feel like you could make an argument that he's closer to Jordan with his one-on-one moves, with his suffocating defense and the way he does things 
only if he would actually do like a celebration. I, I feel like we could get some traction on this. Like, what do you think about how Kawhi's lack of theatrics have harmed his opinion in the general public's minds? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely makes like it's the whole like, oh, the Spurs are boring. No one pays attention to them. You know, no, we, we don't want to. Like, we talk about how the Spurs are so boring and and like slept on that they there's no possible way they're actually slept on because you can't can, you can't consistently have that conversation every year if they if it's actually true. So I think like that feeds into it. I think um, with the whole Kawhi thing, like if like Kawhi just spent one year, one season celebrating everything. I yeah. think we would lose our minds. Yeah. Like we would just like, we wouldn't know how to handle it. And we would just, it would be so weird. I, I, a simple celebration that I like to do, um, as I just run three point line to three point line in pickup games is after hitting the three, like you, you so you make like the, the okay sign, like with the three fingers out, right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with each hand and you kind of have them by your side and then you like, it's like the, so it's like the, the shame bell in game of thrones um oh, is maybe okay. the best so you kind of like you throw up an arm like that and then you throw up the other one in the same way and you just kind of alternate them like you're ringing like one of those <laughs> those dinner bells or whatever and and to me it's like in my like i don't say it but in my head it's me saying bring out your dead like that's what it is so it's like bring out your dead defense so i think like it would be a subtle celebration for Kawhi if he just started kind of going with that and just like you know he doesn't have to holster his his guns, he doesn't have to like, you know, shimmy or anything. He doesn't have to do a, you know, he doesn't have to copy Dion Waiters and bring back the B-boy stance. Like he doesn't have to do any of that stuff, but just like a subtle arm motion that, um, that is still kind of boring, but for him, it's like, you know, someone peacocking. It's like someone wearing this outlandish outfit, you know, Miami Vice outfit going to a club or something. Like I think for him on a relative scale, it would just up his Q rating so much. I hear what you're saying. I would like to see him turn it up to 11. Not subtle, not clap, not, not I'm ringing the bell, this means this. I want him to like steal the ball from someone, dunk, and then just like go nuts. Like lots of profanities that we can see on the broadcast, you know, with the camera in his face, like pumping the fist. Just like it. starts dry humping the stanchion or something? Like well, just no, really, really he, going nuts? He doesn't need to go like a full Randy Moss and moon the crowd. But like the... Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying like, like, like a Jordan, the shot fist pump jumping up and down. Yeah. I feel like if he did more of that, like heart of the killer type thing, it would just grow. If he got in one person's face, referees wouldn't even call a technical. They'd be so confused. I think like if he just walked up and kind of headbutted someone after, after scoring on him, I think we would lose our minds. I think this guy is. What if he ran up the, if he ran up the court with a teammate, like he dunks on someone, he runs up the court with a teammate. It looks like they're dapping each other. And then they just like lock fingers and do a thumb war like and just like do that as they're running back on defense like i think that would be a a pretty innovative way to really show out i think i think we're saying different things here but (laughs) Um, (laughs) i'm curious uh turning it to your to your love of movies and and i i like i like some of the same movies you like based on what i see on twitter uh i like to think of Kawhi as kind of a john wick character Basing that on, he's incredible, he's very good at his job, but he also has a sense of professionalism and manners where he's greeting everyone, like, like nice to see you, and, and calling everyone by name. So what, what do you think of the John Wick as Kawhi Leonard comparison? 
I love it. And I think we just found the celebration. He just starts handing out gold coins to all all the people he plays with and like to the referees as well. That might be looked as a bribe, but he starts handing out gold coins after every big shot or steal or dunk. That's so maybe like maybe I don't know. He becomes Mario or Sonic or something like that, where he's just, you know, he has all these gold coins at his disposal. He maybe has one of those like those like change dispensers on his hip. Yeah. And like distributes them that way. So that could be a thing. Um, but in terms of like just the comparison to John Wick, uh, it's perfect because John Wick doesn't show a ton of personality, uh, rarely shows that he's angry, um, or, or a motive at all. It's just this very tunnel vision focus with hyper awareness at the same time, uh, where it feels like no matter what situation on the court you throw Kawhi into, he figures it out no matter what the situation is with, with, you know, Russian mobsters attacking John Wick, it's just headshot season. What if, and I, I'm not saying we do anything to Kawhi's dog, but what if we damage Kawhi's car? Like, could we just beat up his car? Could, like, could that set him off? Like, maybe, maybe that would be the instigator yeah. to, to get him going? Yeah, I mean, what do you do to, like, an 89 Toyota Corolla that is going to make <laughs> it noticeable? Because I feel like that, I think, or maybe, I think he maybe has, like, a Jeep Blazer or something like that. I can't remember, it's something that's not all that flashy. It's what probably he- newer. What if you pimped it? What if you'd pimped the ride on his car? Maybe he'd be oh, outraged. That would probably piss him off. Like throw a yeah. fish tank in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I'm into that big. T- yeah. I think he would be like you just some like metallic orange uh, paint job with like a flame on one side and a racing stripe on the other. That just the lack of symmetry would really throw him off. I like the, And going back to the gold coin idea, what would the NBA do if one of the like uh, assistant, whatever the, training staff guys on this, on the sideline actually had this collection of gold coins and at a stoppage of play, if Kawhi had just done something to you, if Kawhi goes over and gets a gold coin and then just hands it to a guy, like, I don't, I don't know if the NBA would know how to react. Like, how is this a bad idea? Right. Like I feel like the NBA would lose their, their excrement, right? Like they would really (laughs) be upset about this, but like, why is it a bad thing? Like this is marketing. You don't turn to the NFL. No one wants to be that. That's the boring league. Like be the, be the league that's innovative where guys get to celebrate by giving change. I don't, I don't want to attack also the universe of John wick. I'm curious. What's your opinion on the whole scale of economy in the John wick universe? Where would you murder my sister? One coin. Do you want a drink? One coin. So here's, uh, this is my theory on the gold coins. It's not a monetary system. By any means, there is no monetary value to them. It is the process of collecting coins that is the so like all the coins are worth what are worth the same amount. But it's it's not that oh I have here's three coins for three dead bodies and here's a coin for <laughs> you know a martini. It's not that it is I have two hundred coins at my disposal. That's the value in them is having a lot of coins because that shows uh, both longevity and. Uh, success within this assassin world. So that's what I think it is. I don't think it's a monetary system. I think it's like, I don't know, like I'm not very familiar with this. So I don't, this may be a horrible analogy, but I think it's like, uh, I think it's like Pokemon. I think you're just trying to collect everything. I I hear what you're saying, but if you want to, maybe you want to go big at the bar one night, maybe you want to buy rounds for everybody. It seems like that could be a lifetime of work. You're like, oh, I, I just I just took out yeah, uh, yeah, I took out 80 Russian mobsters. I got one coin for that. Uh, now, how about who needs a drink? Who needs a drink? Like there goes all my I, I spent. Well, I think I sp- you I think you're getting a coin. I think you're getting a coin per body. 
Oh. So I think it's more like I've killed 200 people in my life. Here's 200 coins. Drinks on me. And while that does, that may seem like an extreme way to be able to afford a drink, I bet they're really good drinks. Like these are probably legit craft cocktails. <laughs> these these are top shelf. Top shelf. Yeah. These are yeah. Like you're not you're not getting pop off. You're not get, you're <laughs> not even like they wouldn't even sniff Stoli because these are Russians, right? Like there's probably no way they actually drink that. This is the greatest vodka in the world, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. You're a big Ricky Davis fan. I, I'm curious if you thought this through. What is is there a Ricky Davis of bad movies? Like, is there an Ooh, analogy a bad for bad movies? Or, or actually, it doesn't have to be bad. Like, what is the Ricky Davis of movies? I mean, I kind of feel like it's either Con Air or Face Off. Okay. I think I think that's it. Where it's like you you dismiss it because oh it's. Nicholas Cage like it can't be that good right like and, and I think people see Ricky Davis as like oh yeah the triple double thing he tried to get his own triple double like that's not the greatest Ricky Davis highlight of all time the greatest Ricky there are two highlights that are supremely better oh no three highlights that are supremely better in the Ricky Davis canon the best one the best one ever, or I'll go in reverse order okay uh the third the third best is he dunked on Steve Nash by jumping, like basically jumping over Steve Nash. He's with the Cavs. He dunks over Steve Nash, who's still on Dallas at this point, and um, and, and like just starts screaming on the baseline, yells, oh, shit, into the crowd, and then looks into the camera on the baseline and yells, oh, shit, for all the people at home in case they missed it. Like it's just this incredible display of emotion after dunking over like a six, two white guy. Like it, you know, not shouldn't be that big, but for Ricky, everything's big. Yeah. So that's the third greatest Ricky Davis highlight of the time. The second is he's a member of the Celtics. They're playing the Lakers. He gets a breakaway. He tries to go between his legs on a breakaway dunk, misses the dunk, but it's just him. Kobe is like realizes, Oh, he missed. I bet, you know, I can, go try to get him. So Ricky corrals the rebound at like, you know, 18 feet away from the basket goes up and just simplifies it with a windmill dunk. So like tries to go between his legs, misses, goes it. And just, you know, the simple dunk for him was all right. Now I'll just do a windmill before Kobe can catch up. <laughs> yeah. That's the se- second greatest one. And then the greatest one, uh, he's a member of the Cavs still. They're going to get, they're playing against the Sixers. This might be like 2001 or 2002 playing against the Sixers. They're down 20 in the fourth quarter. He gets a breakaway, does a between-the-legs dunk, and completes it down 20 in a game. Like, that is the ultimate Ricky Davis highlight in my mind because it is so unnecessary and yet so necessary at the same time. And that's how I feel like we look at Con Air of like, oh, this is a joke. Like, you know, sure, it's a big cast with um, uh, Malkovich and Cusack and all these guys, but but Nick Cage is in it, so it can't be that good. And, you know, we don't know where his accent's from. So, uh, it, we, like, he's trying to do an Alabama accent. It's, uh, it's definitely not an Alabama accent. Um, so it's all over the place. So it's gotta be bad. And then face off, we look back at it as like, oh, cage Travolta. This is a joke. Like this can't be any good, but they're actually like two of the greatest, just pure action movies of all time, because they kind of check off every single list of what you would want in an action movie. Yeah. And def- definitely with the uh, excessive between the legs dunking, like the face off, you're like, why is this pigeon flying in slow motion again? Or why is this dove going in slow motion? We've already seen a slow motion dove this movie. But yeah, just every every time the bullets fly. Yeah, it's like, why are these why are these doves inside a church? Yeah. Like, it's not even that they were outside. Like, they're just doves flying through a church. Like, that's that can't. I, don't, I mean, it's been a while since I've been to church, but I, I don't remember doves just flying around. 
only on very special, maybe, maybe like a wedding celebration where it's a plan, like like release the doves. But that'd be a, that actually might only happen right. in, the, in the movies as well. I have no personal. I don't know if this is law. I don't know if this is law. Of me saying on a podcast, but I want doves released at my funeral. You man, I I don't know if it's Can we legal that, that you put it on my podcast. You should probably tell someone who knows you personally. Uh, you know, closer. I feel like this but, is good enough. Okay. I feel like this is. I don't know. I mean, we've been talking for thirty minutes yeah. or so. Like, I feel like the, I feel like we're pretty close. This is this is legally binding. This is a living will. You right. heard it, you heard it here. Zach Harper wants doves released. How about maybe like you view the casket and the doves are planted inside the casket. So you open the casket, they fly out. Oh just, yeah, that's, like and and you're and you're like that's like your spirit ascending. It could be it could be beautiful. Right. It could it could be touching. You just got to pick what, the right. Yeah, maybe one of them has a. And I don't know where I'm headed or if there's a heaven or hell or whatever, you know, so like maybe one of them has a clipped wing. So one flies to the heavens and the other one just drops to the ground. <laughs> that's uh, that's, that's, that's that, that'd be a lot for your friends and family to, to, to think about. Um, last thing, last question, since you've uh, been kind to give us a little bit of your time. I'm curious, is there is there one player in this NBA playoffs that you think is earning himself perhaps the the Austin Crozier-esque large contract Ooh. overpay based on his performance. Um, man, uh, uh, before the warrior series, cause he kind of fell off a little bit. Um, and I've been saying this for a while and I think he's good, but like Joe Ingles, uh, I think like Joe Ingles was going to be like a three year, $36 million player. Um, before the playoffs, I like, he's probably legit getting like 50 to $55 million this summer. And most of the casual fans will be like, who is this? Like, this guy looks like my mechanic. Like, why is he getting $50 million? And so I think like, I don't think he'll end up being a bust on the contract. So maybe that's not the best uh, example. But I think like the way Joe Ingles played in the first round, he's, he started hitting shots again last game. Um, If he has a big night tonight, even if they get swept, I feel like, you know, he's, he's going to embody this. Wait, this guy got what? Who is this guy? I'm glad you said that. Joe Ingles was the guy I was going to say, and I was prepared for you to talk me down as someone who, who covers the Jazz closer than, than I'm watching them. I'm all, I'm all in on Joe Ingles. He, no one talks trash like him in the NBA right now. He will talk to – like he talks trash to, to, uh, to ball boys, to, to assistant coaches, to teammates during warm-ups, and then once the game gets going – like he got Pau Gasol mad. Pau Gasol pushed him this year. Like how you get Pau Gasol mad? I don't know, but Joe Ingles did it. And so um, it wouldn't shock me if he got into it with someone tonight uh, in, in game four as the, as the Warriors dispatch the Jazz for a, a potentially tumultuous summer. I think like, he can up his price and send them off in a very entertaining way. How do you trash talk a ball boy? It's just, he just does it. He ta- he's talking, try like, like, you know, trying to bet people that he's going to make the next shot and all this stuff. Like he tra- talks trash to, to fans. Like he's like, he just never stops talking and it's very entertaining. So, so he's a guy again, like he's good, but I do, I think he's going to be destined to a large overpay when he ends up on another team. You're going to have NFL players tweeting about him. Like who's this guy making more than every I NFL tr- player? Uh, so yeah, I think he, I think he, he's definitely going to be the Austin Crozier overpay, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a white person. We're not saying this is Austin Crozier, like Solomon Hill. He he no, got the no, he got the Austin Crozier. Okay, but I, no, I think we got to go full ra- full full racial divide here. I mean, we got to really fit in with the country. Yeah, 
That is, that is true. So you, you heard it here first. Well, Zach, thanks so much <laughs> for uh, th- thanks so much for taking time. People can follow you at Talk Hoops on Twitter. You got anything coming up you want to plug or let people know about? Um, no, just the you know the uh, what's it called the Basketball Analogy Podcast TBA. Uh, listen to that on on the old ESPN Pod Waves and uh, read my stuff at FanRagSports dot com. And uh, yeah, follow all my tiny house tweets at at Talk Hoops. That's perfect. Uh, thanks so much, Zach. Hopefully we will talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Thank you to Zach for joining the program. Make sure you check out that podcast, the ESPN, the basketball analogy. Remember to go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast to support the show. Follow us on Twitter at Fast Break Break. Like us on Facebook. Thanks to those of you who liked us in the last week to get us over 2,000 likes. Appreciate that. All right. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fast Break Break, man. You understand?